It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, home stretch here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey Original podcast. We appreciate you subscribing wherever you get your audio. Scott Branson, Mo Moten, as we take you home on this Tuesday and start to maybe turn the page a little bit, look forward. Of course, we will drop more shows the rest of the week. Tomorrow, we might sneak in a mailbag or a, a Silver and Black Blitz, followed by our full show on Thursday. Guest announcement coming very soon. So stay tuned for that. And for our viewers on YouTube, thank you very much. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notifications bell. Okay, Mo, couple couple conversations that kind of leaked out over some time after the game was, hey, Jacoby Myers, we still don't know. He was concussed. We're hoping he'll be available for Buffalo. The way the NFL has done the, the concussion protocol, they're always going to side on the side of caution. And I agree with that. They should. You're talking about a man's life. So if Jacoby Myers is not ready, he's not ready. So we'll see if he clears protocol by Wednesday. If he doesn't, then it won't look good for him to get out there on Sunday, in my view, if it goes past Wednesday. So we'll see. There's media availability on Wednesday, so we'll get probably an update at that point as well when the official report comes out. But Jacoby Myers, as you mentioned, two touchdowns in that game, 81 yards receiving, coming in that slot position which now brought up you know, one of the fan favorites out there, Hunter Renfro, was not targeted. It was his first pro game without a catch. Um, I don't, I'm not writing off Hunter Renfro yet because, listen, you, you, Myers is injured, number one. Number two, the flow of a season, you never know what's going to happen. You never know, not only injury, God forbid, anybody gets injured, but the, the performance, all, all kinds of things can happen. So Hunter Renfro is an asset that the Raiders have in their, their, their cash box. But I will say this, watching Jacoby Myers play that position and the connection he has with Jimmy Garoppolo makes it harder, if healthy, for Hunter Renfro to get on the field more than we saw, which is a few times a game. And maybe if maybe he's lucky, gets a target here and there on a check down or something. Uh, what's your view on this, and what does it mean for Hunter Renfro? Is he still a candidate, Mo, to get traded? Absolutely is. He's stuck between the Raiders' present and their future. And what I mean by that is Jacoby Myers is obviously the present right now. He, As you just said, as we pointed out throughout the show, he has a clear connection with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to probably finish the season with the second most targets on this team. The Raiders also drafted a wide receiver in the third round, Trey Tucker. Let's not forget that. Assuming he comes along, he's going to see his snap count go up as the season goes on. So where does Hunter Renfro fit in that equation? If you remember, I had a scenario. I put out a scenario out there for Raider fans to talk about. And I said, would you rather have Hunter Renfro on a roster, finish the season with 25 to 30 catches, 
or would you rather trade him, package him with the draft pick to trade for a linebacker? And a lot of people said, no, you got to keep Hunter Renfro. And I said, it, based on the Raiders' moves this offseason, bringing in Jacoby Myers, drafting Trey Tucker, keeping DeAndre Carter, who can also play in the slot, you had to expect that Hunter Renfro's role was going to be reduced. I'm not writing him off like you either, but I don't, I don't expect a lot from Hunter Renfro if, if the Raiders keep him. Because, as I just said, Jacoby Myers is going to be the main guy behind Devontae Adams, it seems as though. And then Trey Tucker, assuming he continues to develop, he's on the come up. He's a third-round pick. The Raiders didn't pick him in the third round to have him collect dust on the sideline. He's going to have his opportunities as the season goes on, at least I would hope, if you're going to draft a guy in the third round. So Hunter Renfro, to me, is with those guys on the roster – He's expendable. And I like Mm -hmm. Hunter Renfro. We've had him on the show. He's a fan favorite. But the way the Raiders have constructed the the wide receiver room, I'm not saying they don't need Hunter Renfro, but they're not totally reliant on him in the slot anymore because they have two other options there now. Agreed. And and I'll go this far because we both have we both have the same feelings about Hunter Renfro. Good guy, um, talented receiver. But I don't think he fits in the plans. I just don't think he fits in the plans for the Raiders, and I don't think he's the right mold for this coaching staff. Now, you can yell and scream and say how much you hate Josh McDaniel. It doesn't matter. He's in charge. He's the coach. Dave Ziegler's the GM. And we've seen the changes and what those changes have brought about with this roster, and I just don't think Hunter fits it anymore. I talked about in the first segment, right player at the right time. He's not the right player at the right time for the Raiders. To your point about being in that limbo between what they are now and what they want to be in the future. So to me, for his sake as well, it would be better off, I think, if, if, the, if he could get moved somewhere else and find a team that fits more with his, his ability and kind of his personality and where he fits culturally. I mean, that's anybody. I don't care what kind of job you do. You don't want to be somewhere where it doesn't fit your personality and kind of your skill set. So that said... I don't think they trade them uh, unless they get the offer they need and if they can improve their team. But certainly uh, the writing's on the wall there. And 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 you can love Hunter Renfro as much as you want. It's not going to change the fact and the reality of what's going on there. So we'll see how that goes. Mo, before we, before we cut out of here too, I know we touched about some defensive performances, especially with the backfield in the last segment. But before I forget, I want to talk as well about that defensive front. We talked about Tyree Wilson, uh, but the interior of the defense, which we saw perform really, really well in the preseason, um, struggled a little bit with that offensive line in Denver. Uh, Jerry Tillery had a couple nice moments. Uh, Max Crosby, of course, did his thing and had a sack, uh, as did Tillery. But but what did you what did you read out of that? I, I thought they struggled a little bit, um, and it didn't take any of that pressure off some of the young cornerbacks and those safeties. Uh, but I, I certainly think that despite the fact that they didn't do as well as I wanted them to do, I felt as though they gave they gave the defensive backs enough support where they should have been able to 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 contain Denver on some of those plays that leaked out for bigger bigger gains. The interior of the defensive line has to be better. I know Jerry Tillery yeah. had a coverage sack. Mm-hmm. You know, in the game, but it it's it just has to be better because the Raiders weren't getting enough pressure. And that's why Russell Wilson was also efficient in his passing, why he was able to pick apart parts of the defense in certain stretches of the game is because he had time. Now I know he's a little more he was a little more mobile than he was last year. That's part of it. He did drop weight. I believe they pointed this out during the broadcast that he's in the best shape of his life. 
You know, he said about <laughs> a lot of players, but he dropped weight and he he's going to be more mobile this year under Sean Payton. But the Raiders have to be able to get more consistent pressure out of people not named Max Crosby. And I know we talked about Tyree Wilson is going to have to get some weeks under uh, get some weeks under his butt before he gets his legs under him. I want to see more Malcolm Kuntz next week against the Bills. I, I feel like he should be the guy getting the lion's share of the snaps because Tyree Wilson may not be quite ready to see a bulk of the snaps yet on the edge, but it, it definitely has to be over because when you have the pass rush, it'll help your secondary. Because I put up a poll in my Bleach Report live stream and I said, what concerns you most about the defense? Is it the tackling, the defensive penalties, the pass coverage, or the pass rush? And a lot of people said the pass rush, and I agree with that saying – if the pass rush gets better, usually your pass coverage gets better because the quarterbacks have less time to pick apart your DBs on the back end. So the Raiders need to figure something out. And I, I'll go back to this, and I said this a lot last year. Blau Nichols, man, they, they paid him, I, I believe, $7.2 million guarantee. And I hate to pick on certain guys, but his contract sticks out to me as a guy who's, who should be more of an impact player. Yeah. Didn't see a lot of him flashing yesterday. No, you know, no, I mentioned Jerry Tillery, you know, Byron Young missed a lot of time in, in, in the offseason as well, coming off of an undisclosed injury. Maybe he comes along as the season goes along. But that young group and a mix of their veterans, it has to be a lot better against the Bills because Josh Allen, you know, Josh Allen is going to use his legs uh, on on Sunday. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, and and they cannot they cannot put that defensive backfield into the position they did in Denver because uh, the Bills will eat them up uh, with the receiving core they have with the quarterback and his ability. It just won't go well for the Raiders, so they have to get better, uh, and that's what it is. As I said on the post game show, it's a week to week league, and so you got to take what you did in week one and be better all the way around on that defense in week two, in order. To do that, I also saw you know a lot of folks after every game, even after wins, people want to fire coaches. Um, but give me your take. I thought I thought the Raiders' defense, especially early on, just seemed a little bit kind of. I saw some of that lack of communication, a little bit of almost it looked unprepared for what Denver threw at them early. Did you get that same sense? And what was your I mean, it changed in the second half. They clearly made halftime adjustments, which is a big deal. And so that was good to see. So I credit the, the coaching staff for that. But but what did you make of that start and kind of what Denver did and, and what the Raiders were doing on defense? When you have a lot of turnover on one side of the ball, it's typically going to start off slow. So they have two new featured linebacks. I know Devon Diablo was there last year, but he was hurt this whole second half of the year. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's coming back off of injury. Didn't have a ton of preseason snaps. I wanted to see him play in every preseason game, especially because he's now the quarterback of the defense. Robert Spillane is new. They had Tyree Wilson playing a lot because no Chandler Jones. You know, Marcus Peters is new. Marcus Epps is new. Corey Bennett is a rookie. So when you factor in all of that turnover changes and some inexperience, you, you kind of have to expect some of that clunkiness that you that that you saw early in the game and maybe it clicks as the time goes on. So I'm looking for 
better communication, more fluid operation against the Buffalo Bills as they practice and correct some things in the film room. So I think with turnover, you get that. You're just hoping it looks a lot better the second time around. Yeah, absolutely. And then offensively, I saw, I thought, I thought Josh McDaniels called called a nice game, uh, and I thought that the, again, the 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 offense moved efficiently when it had to. Uh, some folks were upset about Josh Jacobs not playing how they wanted him to. Again, we talked about the performance of the offensive line in the run blocking schemes. Not only that, but Josh Allen, I mean Josh um, Jacobs, excuse me, too many Joshes. Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Also has a little bit of rust. I, the guy's in great shape physically, but it, there's nothing like getting hit by people, right? That's a whole different getting in shape. And so I expected Josh Jacobs not to go out there and do his normal thing against the Broncos and score uh, and and run for 140 yards or something like that. So I think he'll work his way into that. But overall, um, again, I think you'll see this this playbook open up a little more if they can establish the run, if Josh Jacobs gets a little... Uh, I think more in game shape, that only that's only going to help this offense and help Jimmy Garoppolo do better as well. I also think that's part of the reason why the Raiders are kind of torn between Bear Mumford Jr. and Jermaine Illuminar at right tackle. So this, so they did the number they did last year, ro- rotating right tackles, which yes. I can't stand when they do that. <laughs> but I think they do that because Jermaine Illuminar is a better pass blocker than Thayer Mumford, whereas Thayer Mumford is a better run blocker than Jermaine Illuminar. So... This is why you get the mix and match your right tackles. And I think in the second half, the Raiders saw that Josh Jacobs didn't get going in the first half, and they wanted him to get going in the second half. And that's why you saw the continuation of Dan Mumford getting on the field. So they're going to have to balance, you know, what what the opposing team's weaknesses versus what they have. So let's say they're playing a team that's weak in run defense. You might see more Dan Mumford. Let's say they play a, play a team that doesn't have a very good pass rush. You may see more Jermaine Illuminar that week. I'm interested to see how they divvy up the right tackle snaps and how the run game does against the Buffalo Bills this week. Absolutely. By the way, uh, we want to hear from you. So if you guys have anything to say about anything we discussed on the show about the Raiders, what's going on, do us a favor, send us an email. You can send it to mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's all spelled out. The and is there, obviously, in an email, silverandblacktoday, mail at silverandblacktoday.com, and we'll get your email on the air this week. Or if you want to hit us on Twitter with a DM, my DMs are open. You can send them there as well for the show, and we will get those on the air. Uh, Or if you leave the comments in YouTube, we're also there. We're watching YouTube as the show airs. I'm in there mixing it up with you guys as well. Mo comes in occasionally. So so if you want to do that, you can leave your comment there, and we'll get it on the show. We love hearing from you guys. Always great questions. Great criticisms of the show sometimes that help us get better. Um, and so we and, and compliments too. So thank you for those as well. Mo, I know the rest of the week we're in the middle of the NFL season, so so we don't have any off days. There's just stuff going on constantly. Tell everybody what's going on with your live bleacher reports this week and and the writing side of things as we roll into tomorrow into Wednesday. First of all, thank you everyone for stopping in to my Bleach Report Live on Monday as I graded some of the players on that on that live stream. I have another show coming up on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll look ahead. We'll turn the page on on the victory. I know some people want to kind of hold on to that, but gotta turn the play, gotta turn the page. Sorry. And the first place AFC West Raiders have to focus on the Buffalo Bills, which is going to be a tougher challenge offensively 
than the Denver Broncos. So look out for that. I also have a column up on Sports Night, just kind of breaking down the Bills and what that team is now, because there are some differences. They're further away from Brian Debo being their offensive coordinator. There are some changes with Ken Dorsey. We're seeing it with Josh Allen and his gameplay. They also added Dalton Kincaid, a tight end. So dueling tight, dueling early pick tight ends and Dalton Kincaid in Buffalo and Michael Merritt in Las Vegas. So that's a matchup that I want to see. Of course, they're not playing against each other, but I want to see, you know, we'll see how they both mature after their first, after their uh, regular season debut. So a lot coming up on Bleach Report Live, a lot coming up on Sports Night, of course, with us. I'll also try to sneak in a silver and black blitz. What I want to see more of out of the Raiders against the Buffalo Bills. There you go. So lots coming from Mo as well as the show here. We will have something for you tomorrow, Wednesday, whether it's a silver and black blitz or some mail. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Just subscribe to the show and put on the auto download. That way, every time something pops, it's there for you. Mo and I will be back with our full show on Thursday. We'll have a guest. We'll preview the bills as well. So stay tuned for information on that. Also, I will have Wednesday. I cover the Raiders media availability and do a story up on sports, not uh, with that heading into the weekend. So make sure you stay tuned and uh, follow us on Twitter. SNB today. Mo is Mo Moten. M O E M O E. Hello. Hello. M O T O N. I'm at LV gully. So do that. Uh, as well. So, Mo, we will talk to you, man, later in the week. Talk to you soon. All right. For our producer, Mike Robbie, for Mo Moten, I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black today. Thank you all again for joining us, and we will talk to you very, very soon, Raider Nation. <laughs>